So we usually hear this concept of a journey or bust. However, do we really understand how violent and problematizing this push to total modernization, and putting modernization quotes here, is when we consider who we continuously push to the side in our efforts to modernize. So today's episode of Let's Speculate will look at the devastation of proposed modernization and when it leads to when we look at the current protests in India with the farmers. I'm your host, Madhu, and this is Let's Speculate. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about the largest human protest that has remained silent for a troubling amount of time. I mean, if you're on whatever way you consume the news, you'll probably have come across um, discussions of the protest in India, and it's always been, I think, phrased as like, of like, why is it silent? Why don't we talk about it more? And I think it, it might be redundant of me to like talk about it through phrasing it as something that's still silent. But I think the fact that it's not like consuming the news channel, um, again, however you consume and or mediate your own mediations of news, um, I think still needs to be addressed through this form of silencing. Because like if it is this massive human protest, why is it? not something that's constantly like you know um capturing our and consuming our daily lives um the other thing is i don't want to get your interest this way that i'm going to get your interest in two seconds because i feel like this isn't the only way and only reason you should care about basic human rights um not saying you might whoever I imagine my listener to be, Um, but why should you care about the farmers' protests that are happening in India? Well, to begin, India is one of the biggest exporters of goods to many countries, including America. If you're a listener based off of America or just to most countries, India is one of the biggest exporters. Uh, What does India export? India is one of, produces 68% of the world's spices. Um, I mean, if you look at why the British colonized India in the first place, it was for the spices, even though uh, many of their own foods lack the spices it colonized. I mean, well, that's actually, that could be an episode for a different day, the fact that, you know, um, butter chicken is British, but that could be, again, and chicken tikka masala is also British, but that, again, it will be an episode for a different day. Um, but again, India produces 68% of the world's spices. So your turmeric, pepper, cardamom, cumin, garlic more than likely comes from India. India is also one of the largest exporters of rice and wheat. I think it's second to China in uh, the world when it comes to how much India exports. Thirdly, your Ayurvedic medicine that stems from uh, Hinduism usually uses a handful of these products as well um, in a variety of different ways. if you're a believer and or practitioner practitioner in any spiritual practice like yoga, yoga or Hinduism, I'm sorry, but fuck you if you really don't care about what's going on in India. And I especially take issue with all of you yogis who practice quote and I, I am a <laughs> if you like to you refer to them as square quotes, square square scare quotes. Um, I prefer italics when I write to reinforce that but if you are a practitioner of yoga and you do not care about 
the farmer's protest, you are not a practitioner of yoga. You're a practitioner of some goddamn Pilates for all I could care and give two shits for, you know? Because yoga, of course, comes from Hinduism, and if you don't really practice the breathing skills, if you don't really take that into consideration, then you do not practice yoga in the meaningful way. And I could barely do most of positions, but at least I know when I sit down and I meditate, I know the roots that it comes from, and I know the cultural and the precarious nature of when it was um, the most vulnerable as well. So again, I reiterate, if you do anything like that, that's another reason you should care about what's going on in, in the, with the protests in India. Um, also, if you're a person that's like, well, I'm more concerned about growing my own vegetables and I really don't care about turmeric lattes and I'm not a big person on things that are being imported to this country. I care more, more about like local things that I grow myself. Well, in that sense, if you yourself are a person that grows, you are in the realm of a farmer, you know? You could show one ounce of empathy, anger, rage, and disgust of what is happening in India. So all that is to say, why should you care about what is going on with the farmers' protests in India? Because it is somehow affecting you, especially if you're living in one of the uh, Western nations, like America, Canada. It is directly or indirectly affecting your life. So what is happening in India? So farmers in India, mainly coming from Punjab, which are, um, if, if you have scrolled in India, you probably have seen them being referred to like the Sikh farmers. Um, so they're coming mainly from Punjab because Punjab represents more of the agricultural uh, parts of India and the largest population of Indian farmers. Um, and mind you, farmers categorically already represent the underrepresented and unheard voices of the country are protesting three laws enacted by India's Prime Minister Modi. Modi is also very nationalistic. Just putting that out there. These laws, if I'm not mistaken, came out and pa were passed around September 2020. This is for kind of in the onslaught of when the protests were happening too. One of the things you should know is that the farmers were not consulted properly by the Indian government um, in the way that usual laws are passed. Um, so it begs the question, why not, right? Um, the nature of the laws have this underlying common denominator of reform, and reform is something that the farmers have wanted for a while, but when I go over what these laws are about, and why the farmers are protesting it, it goes back to the question of what is being reformed, who is it being reformed to, and again, who is it benefiting? Thus, what are we trying to modernize and who are we modernizing for, right? Because it always goes back to representation. So, the first law, and I think the law that the farmers are really taking challenge with is the Farmers Produce Trade and Commerce Bill, also known as the Promotion, Promotion Facilitation Bill. So this law allows farmers to deal directly with the corporations and buyers, as opposed to doing business directly with the Indian government. 
Now, first, for when we first look at that, we're like, well, doesn't that kind of give farmers more leeway and, um, you know, it seems nicer, right? But what that actually does is that it takes away the protections that farmers once had beforehand. Before, when they used to actually um, directly work with the government when they were selling their um, the goods that they sold, there was a thing called the minimum, minimum support pricing, which was a fixed price that always ensured that farmers were somehow um, paid even when the farm prices dropped and stuff like that. When this bill passes and has passed, the farmers no longer have that, meaning they are no longer protected in that sense. Thus, putting these already marginalized group of people, marginalized both, in every sense of the word, and specifically economically now, in a further position of precarious, in a further precarious state. The second law that the farmers are protesting are the Farmers Empowerment Protection Agreement of Price. Um, and this deals with pricing. Instead, again, instead of having before, when the farmers used to do their business with the Indian government, there is regulation. There is now no longer regulation, is what it comes down to, right? The farmers can negotiate contracts with promised price insurance with these direct corporations. However, nothing is being regulated. So there's just no equity, right? This is not something where it's like, well, it's probably better if there's smaller um, private buyers that could set contracts. There's no such thing as smaller private buyers that could set contracts when you're dealing with something called farming in the economic state that is India. But that's just how it is. Um, it's not comparing apples to apples, it's comparing a bunch of different fucked up things to different other fucked up things. The last thing that the, the last bill that the Indian farmers are protesting is the Essential Comedies Amendment Bill. And that was the fact that in the Essential Comedies, um, one of, some of the com commodities, I should say, sorry, that the farmers considered essential for things like cereals, oil seeds, onions, potatoes. And now Modi, as he passed the law, wants to remove these as essentials and instead kind of drive up cold storage and give farmers um, more rights to in their words, in the words of the bill, I should say, more rights to produce and distribute these products. However, what this does is that it just, again, removes the equity that was once there between the farmers. And that is what's happening. Equity is being removed from um, what was there. And I will probably have another episode just discussing this, I was just, um, like I mentioned in the previous episode, um, there are a lot of things I want to discuss. This is one of the things I wanted to discuss. I really had no rhyme or reason of 
where I wanted to go with this episode as opposed to me just talking about it because it is again another thing that has dwindled away with with you know it's no longer Buzzfeed top I mean we, the other things that have been going on in India has been disgusting with the um, violation of the human rights law so this is kind of tied up with it but that too is a separate thing um don't know exactly how I want to end this episode but I do again want to talk about this more in depth because there are things tied into how the agriculture the what farmers produce in India again how it directly affects what we consume here consuming through our bodies through our practice of our of our bodies so again, like whether we are drinking our turmeric latte, lattes or putting cardamom in our cooking or pepper in our cooking or doing yoga or wearing clothing that contains cotton, um, you know, whatever it may be. I think there's a direct correlation and the fact that it's with the largest human protest that is being coined the large why the fact that it's just being coined a large human protest that just remains with the phrase goes on notice attached in various iterations of it i think something needs to be said about that um but yeah this is what i wanted to talk about in the wee hours of whenever i'm uploading this um but i think the question again remains the farmers want a reform this is not the reform they wanted and why were the farmers not consulted in totality when these bills were being passed and how does this form a modernization you know work for Modi and like what Modi represents but of course not the farmers even though the farmers are the people who provide breath into our mouths, you know, and like life into what we do. Um, that's all for today's episode. Um, I don't know when the next episode will be when I'll be discussing this. It might be on the specific topic or topic adjacent, but like I said, I do want to continue this topic in more detail and probably even see how, um, perhaps like internationally and transnational or say transnationally how we responded to this and how we not however we not respond to that because I think that's something to be to be said as well um thank you for listening to me ramble um about important things um catching the next episode of let's speculate